right, here we are. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to those on uh, Christian Coffee Time and those tuning in to the broadcast. Nice to have you with us. Nice to be anywhere, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. So uh, make sure you have some uh, writing material with you and pens and all that stuff. Write stuff down so you look it up later. Sometimes we go through stuff very quickly, and there's often a lot of references back and forth. As you know, that one portion of Scripture um, will be uh, explained by another and so on and so forth, line upon line, and precept upon precept. And uh, yeah, okay. Let's have a word of prayer and then we'll begin. Uh, turn to John chapter 8, I forgot to mention that. And we're going to start down at verse 43. We're not done with this chapter. An amazing, amazing chapter. And there's so much stuff for us. We're getting uh, uh, all kinds of things here to look at and, and uh, discuss and to uh, consider. Let's uh, just have a word of prayer. First of all, Father in heaven, we just thank you now for this time for us to look into your word here, Lord, and we just pray you help us with the understanding here of these things that are written down here, Lord, and help us to uh, make application and find application for our own hearts. We ask the dear Holy Spirit that you will guide us and you'll, you'll do this and you'll help us, Lord. So, Father, we just pray in Jesus Christ's name and we thank you in his name. Amen. All right, so here we are in this chapter. We found at the start of the chapter the Lord Jesus is in the temple, and he's teaching, he's teaching the uh, the people that gather there to hear him speak and such. And the, the Pharisees came in and brought the woman in that was caught in, in adultery and such, interrupting the teaching. Okay, they interrupted the Lord Jesus, and but he dealt with them. Uh, we don't know the tone of voice that he used. Sometimes he used some words that seemed rather harsh, and uh, and yes, justifiably so. Uh, but uh, what I'm amazed by this is that he, I just think he's just so very patient, and he's trying to just show the people that are in error by using, uh, uh, bringing out scripture and such to them and telling them this is what this is and this is what the truth is. And so we have, and he dealt with those people then, and uh, some of them left. And then he began to teach the people that were, were there again. And it said that some of the Jews that were there believed on him. And so we, we have that situation taking place. And so he's teaching them and he's starting to tell them things. But uh, the Lord would put his finger on problems in our lives. Does anybody ever have that happen? The Lord puts his finger on it. He sure does. Yeah, because he wants that fixed because... When we're in error, when we're in sin, when we're away, the Lord doesn't want us to continue in that. He wants, first of all, God is not willing that any should perish. He wants all people to be saved. Wouldn't that be amazing if all the people of the world got saved? Mm. The Bible tells us they're not going to, though. And it's a narrow gate. It's a narrow road. It's a wide road that leads to destruction and to hell. It's a narrow road that leads to heaven through Jesus Christ. Not everybody's going to be saved, but God is willing, and what Jesus Christ did on the cross, because he's God Almighty, that's God in a man's body, a perfect man without sin, as we looked at there a few weeks ago, on the cross of Calvary, and what Jesus Christ did by giving himself as a sacrifice for the sins of all mankind, God on that cross, okay, offering himself as a sacrifice, first identifying with mankind, becoming a man, yet without sin, and he took all of our sins upon him, paid the punishment of it, all for all people of all time, from Adam right up to the very end, okay? He could do that because this is God. God is infinite. 
He could do that. That was the power of the cross. He died and was buried and he rose again the third day to show that it is all done and he is indeed the Son of God. Amen? Amen. So the Lord is concerned with these people and concerned with their souls. And then first of all, there's a little bit of an um, application for ourselves. We deal with people all the time. Whether you go to the store, whether you get gas in your car, whether you work with some individuals, a neighbor or whatever, maybe relatives or whatever, the Lord's interested in their souls as well as ours. And he saw to it that brought somebody alongside of us and shared the gospel and such. And now we're the ones that take the gospel with all these people around about God's concerned about them. And we're the ones that he said, now I want you to do this. He's been given, or we've been given this, what he calls the ministry of reconciliation for people to be reconciled to God. You only get reconciled to God through believing in Jesus Christ and trusting Him for what He did on the cross, having faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. You can't work it out yourself. You can't go to church enough. You can't be baptized enough times. You can't do enough good works. You can't do anything. God says, I said, believe in my Son. I didn't tell you all these other things. Just simply accept Christ in your heart. Repenting and turning from our sins, receiving Christ as Savior, and you'll be saved, and you'll be reconciled to God. Sometimes people need to be reconciled one to another, don't they? We have tiffs and problems back and forth. People need to be reconciled. God has done all He can and all He's going to do to reconcile uh, the human race to Himself. He has offered a way of salvation through Jesus Christ His Son for all people, for all people of all time, anybody to be saved. No matter how bad the person is, no matter what they're into, they can be they can be saved. They can be delivered from their sins and become a savior. That's what the Bible teaches. So we see the Lord Jesus teaching these people now, and some believe now he's starting to put his finger on the problems. And what we're going to see happen here is um, and I find it quite amazing, and Jesus is teaching the people and the Pharisees interrupt. Now he continues teaching and now many people that he was talking to uh, that says that they believed, but then they start to turn on him. And the amazing thing is, is here to watch this taking place. Put yourself there as we we're talking about this or reading through this, and to see these ones, they turn on the Lord Jesus. At the end of the chapter, they're throwing stones at him, okay? Because they would not accept what he was saying. What he was saying, he was putting his finger on the problems in their lives. They were trusting in Abraham. They were trusting in their uh, genealogy and such for their salvation. They're trusting in themselves. They didn't want Jesus. And he's bringing the truth in. Well, let's go through some of this. We go to verse 43. Why do you not understand my speech? He says, why don't you understand what I'm telling you? Even because you cannot hear my word. They were unable to hear it. Okay, if you were to write down First Corinthians, that's a two. <laughs> First Corinthians two fourteen, I think it is. You'll find it says something to the effect that about the word of God is spiritually discerned. People can't understand the word of God unless the spirit of God opens their minds and such. Unless that that heart is tender towards the things of God. How does it work? Not 100% sure, but the Spirit of God must be present. They were holding off and they were pushing back. Well, they're not going to get any work, uh, help from the Spirit of God in that, are they? Why do you not understand my speech? Because ye cannot hear my word. Hearing uh, could not, not just the audible, means to understand it. 
you don't get it. I remember before I was saved, um, taking a Bible one time and looking through it, and it was like, okay, I see that, but I don't know what that means. You just don't get it. You have to be saved, the Spirit of God. And if you're here today, and if you're listening to my voice, and you understand the Word of God, doesn't mean you understand absolutely everything, but you understand what's going on, okay? And you know that Jesus Christ is the Savior, and God Almighty is everything. And the Word of God, the Bible, is important. You need to give thanks for where you stand. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you cannot hear my Word. It is spiritually discerned. And here's the reason that he was going to tell them. The reason that they couldn't hear, ye are of your father the devil. Now it's just deteriorating. Uh, the Lord Jesus is not insulting them. He's just simply telling them the truth. Why do you not hear my words? Mm -hmm. I tell you the truth. The Apostle Paul said one time, um, that something to the effect that the more he could tell the truth, the, the less the people liked him, or something like that. I forget what the verse is. Year of your father, the devil. Now the Lord Jesus is just simply telling them the truth of the situation, the truth of the matter. He doesn't want to see them carry on down the road that they're going, down the road that they're on. He wants to see them saved. And the lusts of your father, ye will do. Now that word will right there means to have a desire to do that. You have a desire to fulfill the lusts of the flesh and of the mind, as the Bible says. It says that the devil gets involved in that and you cannot help it. The unsaved person just can't help it. Just wants to fulfill the lusts of the flesh and of the mind. Your lust of your father he will do. See, they were saying that we have Abraham and God is our father. The lust of your father he will do. He was a murderer, literally a manslayer from the beginning. Now, in 1 John 3.15 you write that down, and uh, we know that sin causes death. The, the Bible tells us that it is appointed, appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment. Every one of us is going to die, okay? People are going to die. Why? Because of sin. Sin's in our life. It's just something that's taking place all around us. You think about uh, every animal dies. Everything's going to die. It's part of the curse. But sin causes death. The wages of sin is death. Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary took our sins on him. And what did he do? He died. That's what, that's what will take place. He took our place for us. Now the devil, he's a murderer. When he fooled Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, he fooled them into believing his words and not God's words. And out of that whole thing you have sin and death. Mm -hmm. he's, he's the author of this thing. You know, yes, it was Adam's responsibility and Eve and so on and so forth, but he was a murderer. And you think of, uh, again, maybe, maybe you could refer to uh, Cain. Uh, we'll talk about Cain later. They killed his brother. He says, he was a murderer from the beginning, talking about the devil, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. He's absolutely void of truth. This is the devil he's been talking about. When the Bible talks about the devil, that's Lucifer, that's Satan. Satan means adversary. And so on and so forth, okay? And we'll see later on, it talks about you have a devil. The word actually is uh, demonion, which is a demon. There is one devil, that's Satan, but there are many of his henchmen there. They are, uh, uh, the fallen angels are demons, I guess, mm -hmm. as, as we understand that. Um, there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own. For he's a liar and the father of it. 
So the Lord Jesus is showing them, you're following the devil. You're children of the devil. And when we're unsaved, that's just what it is. And he talked about lies here. Now in our society today, you, you see all around about us that people don't take much uh, notice of a lie. <coughs> people lie all the time. You know, people all, they lie, lie, lie. Revelation 21.8 says that all liars shall have their place in the lake of fire, along with others. You think lie is a simple little thing or does it have no consequence? It's a sin, a grievous, serious sin, and you'll find yourself in the lake of fire. It's a sin. You need to go to Jesus Christ. You need to ask Him to forgive you of your sins. You need to trust Him as your Savior from your heart. And you'll be forgiven. You'll be cleansed. You'll be made one of the children of God. You'll be born again. And heaven will be your home. When He speaks a lie, He speaks of His own, for He is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Isn't that a strange thing? Isn't that a strange thing? He's telling the truth to them. They don't want it. What does the Bible tell us in John chapter 3, uh, around verse 17? And this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world, but men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. People would rather stay in the darkness and, in, and, and with their sins than come to the light, <coughs> the light which is Jesus Christ. Because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Their minds are blinded. You're writing things down. Write down 2 Corinthians 4, 4. It says, By the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not. That's the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine unto them. The unsaved have their minds blinded by the devil. And you and I, when we are unsaved, that's exactly what it was. And that's what's going on here with this situation. And the Lord's just telling them the truth of the situation. He says in verse 46, which, which of you convinces me of sin? That word convinced or con, uh, convinceth right there means to convict, to put to shame. He's saying, which of you can point out sins in my life and shame me for it? Sin is a shameful thing. Okay. Well, of course, nobody could because Jesus Christ is sinless. <coughs> the Bible says, uh, um, and you're writing things down, you can look these up. In regards to the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, there's three things in regards to his uh, sinlessness that we can consider. First of all, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 22, it says, He did no sin. In 2 Corinthians 5, 21, it says, He knew no sin. In 1 John 3, 5, it says, In Him was no sin. That pretty well covers it all, doesn't it? Jesus Christ is sinless, and He had to be sinless, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago. It had to be because this is the Lord. This is God Almighty in the flesh. That's why we had the, the uh, virgin conception and birth. We talked about that. Look at, a, 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 I don't know if it was, it wasn't last week, the week before, or the week before that, I can't remember. Which of you convinces me of sin? None. They couldn't. They could find nothing wrong with him. He never did anything wrong. And isn't that an amazing thing, folks? <clears throat> Here we have God Almighty in a, in a man's body, God manifest in the flesh, going to the cross of Calvary to pay for the sins of the whole world. He never did anything wrong. And look what he suffered for you and me. Look what he suffered before he got to the cross. How they beat him. <clears throat> the Bible says they plowed upon my back. They whipped him with cat nine tails. They gave 39 stripes. They said 40 would kill a man. 
They pulled out his beard. You ever have a beard? Oh, that'd be awful. That'd be awful. They beat him so he was unrecognizable. And then he went to the cross and gave his life for us because God loves us. They couldn't convince him of any sin. They wouldn't. So he says in verse 46, which of you convinces me of sin? Convict me of sin. Show me. What is it? He says, if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? You see, he's saying, since you can't convince me, you cannot show any sin, you cannot see any sin in my life, you cannot shame me with anything, then why don't you believe me? I must be telling the truth then. You see, he's telling the truth. Why do you not believe me? They couldn't. They wouldn't. Verse 47. Verse 47. Uh, he that is of God heareth God's words. Now that word heareth right now means to understand the meaning of the message. Okay? It's not just to hear the thing, just to hear an audible, like a sound, but it's to understand within, to understand the meaning of what's being said. He that is of God hears God's words. Uh, sometimes people say, uh, how do I know if I'm saved? Well, first of all, did the gospel make any difference? <laughs> and secondly, do you understand the Bible? Do you understand who Jesus Christ is? Do you understand when these things come to you? You say, oh, okay, I see that. I see, I understand that. And you accept it. It's kind of like a proof of salvation. That's what the Lord Jesus is saying to these guys. He's saying, uh, why do you not believe me? He that is of God, here's, my, here's God's word. They were saying that they were of God. That they were the ones, the guardians of His holiness, so to speak. The guardians of God's word. And that what they thought and what they said was the all and the end all. And they were not, they couldn't be further from the truth. And so many churches and cults and religions and isms today say that they are the way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He that is of God hears God's words. Therefore, ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. First of all, we think of this. The Lord Jesus is not pulling any punches. He's not being uh, 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 mean or anything. Like we talked about earlier. He's simply trying to convince them and show them the situation, the place that they're in. People need to hear the absolute truth of their condition. When you witness to someone, you get an opportunity to share the gospel and such, they need to be told, in your present condition, where you are now, if you were to die today, you would go right to hell. And you would await the judgment. And then sentence upon you. Upon you in the lake of fire. People need to be told that. Not fancy, fluffy little stories and things. They need to be told the absolute truth. John is... A, 14, he talks about the Spirit of God will convict of, of uh, uh, um, sin and judgment to come. Sin and righteousness and judgment to come. Sin, they need, people need to be convicted of their sins. Righteousness, that's of Christ. And judgment to come, that's hell. They need to be told about hell. We need to stop and think about that. One of my favorite tracks with <laughs> you is uh, that, that little one we have that says, uh, if you were to die today, would you be in heaven or hell? A very serious thing. It's a very, very serious thing. People need to hear that. They need to be told the truth, as it is, in God's Word. Jesus Christ is here teaching us, even today. He's teaching people, this is how 
This must be done. People must hear. People make light of hell. They make light of everything. They need to be shown. They need to be told. Now when we get to verse 48, we see there's something here and uh, something I've noticed, maybe that's just something that I, I think is taking place here, but uh, uh, you can correct me later if this is wrong. That those that are in error generally lose their temper mm -hmm. when they're cornered. Mm -hmm. They generally slander, they'll get violent, they'll say bad things, they'll do all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. If you want to know the truth, you're not going to raise your voice, you're not going to stamp your feet, you're not going to call people names. If you want to know what the truth is, you say, well, I need to reconsider this, I need to think it over. You need to follow it through. Somebody that's teachable is not going to uh, um, lose their temper, slander, get violent, call people names. Generally what takes place is when you confront somebody, you talk to them about a, a, a problem, um, if they're in error, look out, because that's what they're going to do. When a person gets cornered, they're going to just blow up. Okay? It's a terrible thing, a terrible thing. Verse 48, we see the example of that right here. Jesus has just told them, you're not of God. The devil's your father. He tells them, you're headed for hell. You're not going to heaven. You're, you're, you're so far away from the truth that you don't even see it when it comes to you. So let's look at their response to what Jesus just told them in verse 43 to verse 46. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan and hast a devil. Two things. Okay? First of all, the Samaritan. Um, John 4, 9, it talked about, talks about uh, uh, the uh, Jews and the Samaritans have no dealings one with the other. And it goes back to um, after King Solomon, David's son, after Solomon dies and Rehoboam um, was king over uh, Judea, which is two tribes. The northern ten tribes, Jeroboam, the servant, uh, was king over that. So you had a, a separation, you had a division in Israel. You had Judea in the south and, and Israel in the north in that area that we call, or they call Samaria, and up there, up through Galilee and all that stuff. So there's two separate things. And those from Judea, and it's particularly around Jerusalem, you'll find that the ones around Jerusalem were ones that gave the Lord Jesus the most problems. And anybody else from anywhere else, even Jews from Samaria or Galilee or anywhere else, were less than them. So this is a real insult here. It's saying that you're less than we are because you're not from here. You're from up there. You're from away. <laughs> you ever heard that? <laughs> oh boy, that's not good either. And say, say we not well that thou art a Samaritan and hast a devil. Now, actually the word is demon, isn't it? Okay. You stop and think about that for a minute. This is God manifest in the flesh. And these ones are saying, we know the way to God. We are of God. God's our Father, and you have a demon. They say that right to the Lord Jesus Christ. This is God manifest in the flesh they're talking to. Wow, those poor guys, eh? Those poor people. Two insults. Blasphemy and disrespect. But Jesus answers them. Keep on answering them. Keep on telling the truth. He didn't get upset. He just telling them the tears what it is. Verse, uh, oh wait, I just one thing to read here. Yes, I forgot something. 
I need glasses for this, maybe. In regards to them calling him a devil, then in verse 49, uh, Jesus says, I have not a devil, not a, I did have not a demon. And this is out of the uh, um, Greek dictionary. Pertaining to a demon, also mistranslated devil, or devils. Uh, demon, it denotes an inferior pagan deity. Demons are the spiritual agents acting in all idolatry. The idol itself is nothing, but every idol has a demon associated with it who in, induces idolatry with its worship and sacrifice. You see, if we look at the definition here, and they're calling this Jesus, they're saying this about Jesus, okay? You've got one of these. You're, you're just saying, this is really awful. They disseminate errors among men and seek to seduce believers. As seducing spirits, they deceive men into the supposition that through mediums, those that have familiar spirits, they can converse with deceased human beings, uh, deceased human beings. Hence the destructive deception of spiritism, forbidden in scripture. Uh, demons tremble before God. They recognize Christ as Lord and as their future judge. Christ cast them out of human beings by his own power. His disciples did so in his name and by exercising faith. Acting under Satan, demons are permitted to afflict with bodily disease. Being unclean, they tempt human beings with unclean thoughts. I remember a fellow saying one time, he was one of the teachers at Bible school, you have an unclean thought, deal with it immediately. It may be the beginnings of, uh, of outside interference in your mind. Deal with it, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the uh, uh, um, against God. I forget the rest of the verses. And claim the blood of Jesus Christ. Do not entertain unclean thoughts. They differ in degrees of wickedness and so on and so forth. They will instigate the rulers of the nations at the end of this age to make war against God and His Christ. You see all the terrible things that uh, definition of that word brings out and they're accusing Jesus of partaking in all those things. This was a serious charge, wasn't it? Jesus answers in verse 49, Jesus answered, I have not a devil, but I honor my Father, and ye do dishonor me, and I seek not mine own glory. There is one that seeks and judges. Okay, so you have, he says, ye do dishonor he says, I do not seek my own glory. There's two, there are two opposite things. They dishonored him. Where God should be glorified. Amen. Then we get down to uh, verse 51. He says, truly, truly, verily, verily. We say, amen. That simply means truly, verily. I say unto you, if a man keep my saying, didn't he tell them earlier if they would keep his word and follow his word, they would be his disciples indeed. Okay, the word of God. And he was telling them the word of God, but they did not want to keep it. Keep my saying, he shall never see death. Never means in no wise, no way, you're going to see death. Now, this is just a little bit of a rabbit trail here. I have, and I take the... Uh, um, my uh, uh, Greek interlinear Bible, which is the Stephanus text, which is basically the same text as the translators used. They used the received text back then. And it looks like somebody left out a word, okay? I'm just studying this out in the midst of it. I can only find it in one, uh, uh, one uh, Bible, and it's on my phone. All other Bibles have this, don't have this in there. 
And we can talk about this later, another time, but I just want to point it out to you, right after says, she'll never see death, there's a word forever missing. Okay? You don't have to accept that or not. Uh, it's just not there. Twice, and over in 11, John 11, 26, it's not there. It's the same word over in Hebrews, um, oh, where is it? Hebrews uh, 5, 6, where we're talking about um, uh, Melchizedek. We're talking about the Lord Jesus. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Thou art a priest forever. It's the same word, and it's missing out of the text here. I don't know why. Like I said, I only found it in one. Anyways, verily I say unto you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. Okay. For a believer, what happens? Uh, we will uh, die. It's appointed unto man once to die, everybody. And when we die, we just close our eyes here, basically, and open them in the presence of God. What an amazing thing, isn't it? You ever seen somebody die? I've seen a few people die. I remember being at the roadside. We came upon an accident. A car I was supposed to be in, and there was some friends there on the road, and one guy was still alive, still breathing. They were standing there. Peter was his first name. Standing there watching him, there's nothing he could do until he stopped breathing. He was gone, I don't know where. When a believer dies, and somebody had mentioned it this way, you remember as a child, you'd fall asleep, say in front of the television, I do that now all the time myself, so it's not just for children. <laughs> but nobody picks me up and carries me to my bed. But as a child, you fall asleep, say, in front of the TV. Daddy comes along, picks you up, takes you to bed. And you wake up in the morning. You don't remember falling asleep. You don't remember getting there. But your dad, your father takes you. It's like when a believer dies. We, we, from whatever it's going to be, whether it's accident, sickness, old age, whatever, we're all going to face it. We're going to stop. Your spirit's going to leave your body here, and you're going to be just immediately in the presence of God. Wow, how did I get here? Through faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. But for the unsaved, that's not what it is. You will immediately find your place in hell. Second Peter, I think it's Second Peter 2.9 and around there, it talks about something like uh, the Lord knows how to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. That's hell. Hell is like a holding cell. It's not the final, it's not the worst. It's just a holding cell until the day of judgment and then the lake of fire. God made that thing for the devil and his angels. and He does not want mankind to go there. But back in the Garden of Eden, the devil tricked Adam and Eve into following his words and not God's words. And today you're hearing God's words. Are you going to follow it? The word of God can save your soul, can deliver your soul from a, a, an endless, everlasting torment in hell, the lake of fire. Amen? It's a battle of words. You're going to listen to the devil, you're going to listen to God. The Bible is the word of God. Jesus answered, I have not a devil, but I honor my Father, and he do dishonor me. And I seek not mine own glory, there is one that judges. Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. Death really is, has no hold on the believer. It's your servant. Death is a servant now, not a torment. Hebrews talks about, I think it's chapter 2, 
talks about the devil holds the fear of death over people. People are afraid of the thing. Somebody says, oh, I'm not afraid to die. Oh, yes, you are. And two seconds after you die, you'll be afraid. Mm -hmm. But then I do believe that word forever should be there. This helps us understand something. I think of it like this. Yeah, the believer dies because believers die. But they're going to be given a new body and be raised up again sometime, eh? eh? And you're alive with the Lord forever. Anyway, verse 52. Then said the Jews unto him, Oh, we talked about death. No, we don't need to talk about that. Right? Then said the Jews unto him, uh, Now we know that thou hast a devil. They say, because of what Jesus just said to them, they say, yeah, that's proof. That's proof. We know we're right. You've got a devil because of what you just said. Let's read it. Abraham is dead and the prophets, and thou sayest, if a man keep my saying, he shall never taste of death. And again, that word forever should be there. So they said that Jesus, because of what he said, they know that he has a devil. He says, Art, they said to him, Are you greater? Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead? And the prophets are dead. Who makest thou thyself? Who do you make yourself out to be? Who do you think you are? They're saying to Jesus Christ. Isn't that something? Now, I would, would uh, um, note way back at verse 24. Turn back at verse 24. They said, who do, you, who do you think you are? He already told them who he was. Verse 24. I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins, for if ye believe not that I am, ye shall die in your sins. That's the I am from Exodus. No, Exodus 3? Yeah, Exodus chapter 3. Or Exodus 12. I forget. Where... Uh, Moses says, well, who shall I say sent me? And the Lord says, I am that I am. And Jesus was telling them he is the I am. Okay? And down in um, verse 58, he says it again. Jesus says unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Yeah, Exodus 3.14. The wilderness, the burning bush and all that. For anyone to say that, to declare that, to say the I am, it's a... It's a uh, a title of God. We'll back up to verse 53. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead, and the prophets are dead? Who do you think you are? So Jesus is going to answer them again. I have underlined or circled in the, my Bible here all the times that it says Jesus answered. Jesus answers. Jesus said. He just continues. Continues answering them and telling them and just telling them the truth. It's getting worse and worse and worse for them. And he keeps telling them. Verse 54, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honors me, of whom ye say that he is your God. He's already proved that, and we've seen clearly that that's not the case. Verse 55, Yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say, I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you. But I know him, and keep his saying. I keep his saying, keeps the word of God. Those that know God understand the word of God and keep the word of God. Did you get that? Mm -hmm. The word of God's very important here. It's very key. And people say, oh, I believe, I believe, but they never open a Bible in their, in their whole life. They've got a Bible sitting at home and gathering dust. 
he goes over it and over it and over it. And the references to that is that when a person that's saved will understand, will know the Word of God, and they will read it and they will study it. Okay? And if you're not, you've got a problem. 56. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Isn't that something? Here we have a declaration of deity. Okay? They said, who do you think you are? There's a declaration of deity. Verse 24, there was a declaration of deity. Down in verse 58, there's a declaration of deity. The Jews said unto him, verse 57, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? So here it's coming right down to it, and this is the last one. This is the straw that breaks the camel's back sort of thing. And Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, truly, truly I'm saying to you, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. That's the title of God, Exodus 3.14, of Jehovah Himself. And what does it tell us in uh, Isaiah 9.6? And He shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Then, verse 59, they took up stones to cast at Him. Now these aren't little pebbles. They're not just little wee pebbles you might find, you know, throwing little pebbles. When they stoned somebody back in those days, or actually, let me back up. If you stood up and said, I am, I am God. We heard a guy the other day we were looking at, there's a church down country here that had problems with, uh, uh, they, they stayed open uh, during the pandemic thingy and all that stuff. And, and uh, they showed some of the preaching there. And they believe... And the preacher himself was saying, he's Jesus in the flesh. <laughs> That's blasphemy. In the Old Testament times, you would be stoned to death for that. Not with little pebbles. These are big rocks. Okay, Big rocks. It must hurt because it would kill you. You get enough of them, eh? And this is what's happening here. And they recognized that. They knew that. And said that they, they figured Jesus is blaspheming by saying he's how many people don't see, don't understand that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God? How many people that use Jesus Christ's name, and we all did it when we we're unsaved, because the devil blinds our minds. <clears throat> if you're listening to this today, if you are cussing and using Jesus' name for a curse word, the devil's causing you to do that. That's what the Word of God says. You're so far away from God, you need to trust in Him. Okay? These ones there, they heard Him say that, before Abraham was, I am. So they're going to stone Jesus to death. Because before, remember he said two times, says, thou seekest to kill me. They wanted to kill him right there. Then took they up stones to cast at him, but Jesus hid himself. And went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. He's just going to leave them now to their own device. But it's an amazing thing and a wonderful thing in this day and age here. Um, if a person rejects Christ, the Spirit of God will come to them again, won't He? Unless they blaspheme and such. He'll come again. He'll come again. He'll come again. I heard the gospel when I was 10 years old. He used to take, the neighbors take me to the gospel meetings down there. I heard. I understood it here. It wasn't in my heart yet. And it wasn't until almost 30 years later. I'm kind of thick. Okay. <laughs> maybe you are too. Maybe you are too. But God will not give up on you until you're dead. 
some of these Jews may have been some of them that were at um, in the uh, book of Acts. And the apostles after Pente at Pentecost are out preaching. And 3,000 Jews got saved right there. Eh? Could have been some of these characters. God's not going to give up. He's not going to give up on you. You can keep on, keep on, keep on. But right here, for these ones, a miracle took place right in front of them. They're going to pick up stones. They pick up, they're going to stone him. And he just walks right out through. And they don't even see him. They don't even, this is a miracle that took place through the midst of them and so passed by. There he goes. But for that time right there, the door got slammed shut. It's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing that the, the lengths that people will go to to uh, hang on to what they think they believe, especially when it comes to salvation and, and God, uh, so many people and so many cults and isms and religions, and all of them in the world have one thing in common. They have a works, a, a works system, a works-based system of salvation. Only biblical salvation, only salvation in Jesus Christ is uh, of, the, of the Bible. Simply no works, just simply believe by faith. But mark it down. Everything, everything, everything else that's not of God has some kind of works attached to it. Another book, a person to follow, a thing to do, doors to knock on, whatever it is. But the Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. We have to stop now and uh, let's just uh, thank the Lord. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for these things that we can look at and draw out some um, applications for ourselves, Lord. We just thank you that your grace is tremendous. We pray, Lord, that people all around about us would get saved, Lord, that we would be um, busy with the gospel, handing out tracts and talking to people, Lord, that you can bring them to yourself, but we just thank you now, Lord, for this day and this time for us to look into the Word of God in this one way that we worship you, Lord, by giving heed to thy Word. And so, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for everything now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, folks. Thank you for uh, joining in. We'll see you next time. Take care now. Bye.